When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Not many kicks left in this game. That was it. U.S. wins. They're out of the final. They're going to the final yet again. Alex Morgan, game-winning goal on her 30th birthday. A job well done, but the talk tonight is going to be about Alyssa Nair as the U.S. wins. They're on to the final. Rami was hanging on every second of that match. Oh, man. Every time I walked by the prep room, he was insulting British people and watching soccer. It's true. I was insulting British people. They're pale skin. They're bad teeth. Yeah, you guys started off the second to last segment of Purple Daily just doing that. Pompousness. Their their lack of clutchness, too, by the way. We're going to start the show with a Jonathan Harrison soccer update. Uh, We'll throw it to you. Didn't we know they lacked clutchness when they lost the Revolutionary War? Didn't we figure it out then? (laughs) Yeah. Didn't we realize We wanted to see more. Exactly. They gave them a chance. Yeah, think about their still on that one. Think about their uh, their strategy from a from a an analytics perspective. Right. Like, mm. Oh, let's just like wear bright red and walk around in the middle of the streets with guns that take a half hour to load. With the guy in the front who's gonna be playing the drums to let yeah. you know we're coming. Yeah. 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 Real smart. You're idiots and missing penalty kicks. <laughs> right. It's Ringo Starr. Oh no, Ringo, don't play that. <laughs> All right, Jonathan Harrison, give us. <laughs> A soccer update to start the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show. All right, here. wow, weird, weird area for me to explore here. Beginning of the show. Don't get, you know, Don't get too cocky keep about it, it. Keep it to twenty seconds, or okay. Screw it up. <laughs> the U.S. women are on to the World Cup final this Sunday against either the Netherlands or Sweden after beating England two-one in the semifinal today. Boom. Glorious USA, game. USA, USA, USA. Oh boy. And you're one of those. Wait no. a second. <laughs> Didn't know that about you. One of those. You know. Like one of those, one of those people who likes one of America those loves gets way too exci- it gets way too excited way too quickly. Who, uh, Let's wait through the final, okay? I mean I Let's not assume things in this town we know not to assume. Why is wait a second? What do you mean what do you mean wait till the final? Why can't you be excited that they just beat England in a two to one amazing game? Oh, I think that's great. Wait, but by the way, just England the, had a penalty kick with like five minutes yeah. to go in regulation. And the keeper just stopped it. 
Well, got lucky because it's penalty kicks, but and as I always say, those lucky, those look so yeah, those simple are so to me. easy, Judd. Those look so yeah, simple. Judd, to me. Judd athlete challenge on the score of Twitter yeah. uh, you, the YouTube page if you want to see that. What, yeah. Judd tried to block a penalty kick. No, no I tried, I tried to kick one. Oh, you tried to kick. I fell one. down <laughs> and back fat fell out. Don't yeah. laugh. Last summer it was humbling. Last summer, <laughs> Judd, I know the back fat struggle. I am uh, quite yeah, familiar. Back hair and back yeah. fat man, it ain't pretty. No. Judd ran his mouth. It was about a year ago. Ran his mouth on this show. We were watching. Was it the Men's World Cup we were watching yeah. last yeah. summer? Yeah. And Judd was like, penalty kicks? Like, how in the world? Look how big the net is. It's like the goalie's guessing. And uh, our old producer, Dave Harrigan, and I took Judd to a park down the street and said, all right, you got to go. Was it two for five? And, you, and went I made, one, you went one for five. I made one. But, I, yeah, my first one, I, I <laughs> approached the ball and tried to kick it, and I slipped on the grass and just fell. <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's very, it's very humbling. I think we need part two. No, at no. Allianz Field. Uh, I'll be honest with oh, you. Oh, whoa, okay. Oh, I would. Try. If you I think get we me, should make this happen. Oh, if you can we get me on, if you can get happen. me on that pitch, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> I don't care about soccer per se, I, and I, I said yesterday, international competition does nothing for me. I think it's kind of stupid that you put stock in it from a patriotic standpoint. But I just like beating England. I like beating England after Pierce Morgan's tweet where he said. Uh, Miss Rapino sure does love herself. Can't wait to see our lionesses dent that stupendous ego. From Pierce, like, okay. If anyone's going to talk about someone loving themselves, exactly. Pierce Morgan I'm just going to say, not. England as a whole carries, like, a certain air of, of pompousness and, oh, and okay. arrogance. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. We don't need to brush our And Pierce Morgan stands out above that. This is a dude who came to America and got a show on CNN and then went on Howard Stern's show and said, I'm about to dethrone you as the king of media, only to show canceled less than a year later and sent back to England because we wanted nothing to do with him here. That guy had things to say wow. about Miss Rapino and her stupendous ego. You're not I, wrong about I, that. I love it. I, I love you. I love like how, how deep this cuts you. <laughs> Piers Morgan just cuts you so well, deep. Why, why to, to your point, why did we think that Piers Morgan could replace, of all people, Larry King? Right. The ultimate American talk show host. Yeah. Beverly Hills, go ahead, you're and on. Wasn't there a Washington, D.C., go ahead. <laughs> wasn't there a headline in the British newspaper today about the arrogance of the U.S. women's there soccer was. team? Oh, oh, yeah. Are, are the U.S. women too arrogant? You don't, yeah. you don't get to tell us how to act. We won the war. You don't get to tell us how to act. That's what okay. that was all about. But how long does that last? Forever. Is it a, I feel like as long as we're a country. I feel like after 250 years... Nope. No, we 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 still won the war. We still get to tell you how to act. Scoreboard, if anything. scoreboard. Yeah. You're yes, saying exactly. just point at the scoreboard, scoreboard, the war scoreboard. Right. I, I need to explore what Judd said a few minutes ago, which is so so. He, here, let me paint the landscape. U.S. women beat England two to one in a close, hard fought war on the pitch today. Back and forth action. I hate that you call it a pitch, but go ahead. Seven minutes of stoppage time. Just a war. <laughs> war on the pitch. It sounds like a band or a movie. It's exciting. They've moved on to the final. They yep. have a chance to win another World Cup. Yep. Mm-hmm. And instead of, wow, this is, okay, this is kind of fun. Like, this is great. Judd's reaction is, don't get too excited until after the final. We are so. so when can you get excited after in sports? the final? When you have. Like, you can never chance. be no, excited no, in sports. No. It's Ever? The, no, you can. It's the it's the difference of expectations, though. Women's soccer, we dominate. 
So the only thing that counts is championships. So any men's World Cup win. Oh no no! If they won this game today, the absolutely. Yeah. Well, if the men get back to the quarterfinals, we they didn't make the, the World Cup last yeah, time. Yeah. Let's just make the World Cup yeah. first, and then we can talk the men, about the making men, the knockout rounds. If the men get this far and won, then you go crazy. Oh yeah. But women's soccer in this country, we dominate. The expectation is championship or nothing. I'm just telling you, if they make the court or if they make the semifinals, I'm not here that day. I'm. At Brits or somewhere watching it. For what, the men? Yeah. Oh, of course you're not here. Don't oh, you'll be drunk, to be the, here inti- you'll be drunk the entire time. 2022 when yeah. they yeah. hopefully make the, the semifinals or whatever. The reason that I'm getting excited about this has nothing to do with international competition. I don't I don't even care if they win in the final. That really, unless, unless somebody else says something about how Americans should act and whether or not... Then I'll... Then I'll this is more about the storyline of this game and Piers Morgan and that headline so, and Brits... Being pompous and trying to tell us how we should act when you don't get to do that anymore. So let me get this straight here. Yes. So so Judd only gets excited <laughs> if if like a sports accomplishment meets the sliver. It's like one of those Wheel of Fortune wheels where you can win a million dollars, but it's like you got to land yeah, right yeah, on the sliver. Yeah, like right. that's yeah. Judd's yeah. wheel of excitement for sports, mm-hmm. and a thousand well, does nothing for me. Okay, Rami's only getting excited. If like a Sweden media member pops off about how exactly. cocky the Americans yes. are yeah. before exactly. the final, yeah, okay. I just want to straighten out. Rob, okay. Rami needs needs <laughs> reason to feel. I need a good. And story if someone ticks him off, he feels it. I need like wrestling. I need a good story I, you know for what? me to have any interest in this whatsoever. I love what you're thinking. I right won't now. even know awesome. when the final is played unless there is some kind of storyline. But this leading is into it. But this isn't for you. Just to clarify, like. <laughs> If it was the men's World Cup, you'd feel the same way. Yeah, this is you're not being a sexist. No, 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 you no. You just no. don't care about you don't care about any international I don't competition. Care for yeah, I don't care for international competition. I think it's meaningless and doesn't make us a better country mm-hmm. at all. Um, and and I also I can't stand other countries telling America how to act. So you enjoy that though? I I because love it makes you mad. So you okay? Right. Today I, 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 I love get this. what you're saying. I loved I love gotcha. shoving it. Right down, right past their bad teeth and down their throats. Sort <laughs> <laughs> of buck teeth, I think. Yeah. Like wooden teeth. They're yellow, crooked. <laughs> I can't really talk. I've ever filled up the bad. teeth. You ever had British food? Their food's bland. It's all boiled and bland. It's bland. It's, it's really bland. I'll give you that one. I'll Old people food, one. basically, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like the type of stuff you'd serve to a. 90 year old or something. Bowing to royals. Yeah, you want Ooh. some cabbage and like plain boiled potatoes? Like, yeah, who says bad. yes to that? <laughs> That's, no, Phil's right. Rami's right. It's bad. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and now you're going home. Yeah. Sip on that. They tea. are home, though. Got That's your, a great thing. Got They're going home and they can just stay home. Yeah. By America. <laughs> well, didn't put a, put, Morgan put, score a goal and then uh, and then Fain yeah. sip, sipping tea? Sipping tea. Yeah. That's a good one. Love it. That'll teach you to put uh, mocking blimps of our president up in your sky when he visits. <laughs> now that I was kidding. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's. Oh boy, I was trying oh, to stay away from from Piers from Piers Morgan's relationship with Donald Trump, but since you went there, if you want to talk about it, <laughs> so uh, so Jonathan Jonathan. Jonathan will be running around the hallways in minimal clothing, drinking beer here shortly with the uh, women. Saying that like that's something different. That's just like do you care? Just a Tuesday about this? Yeah, Yeah, this is awesome. Okay, just a five o'clock hour. (laughs) That's all that is. Just a Tuesday. (laughs) Um, What's funny? What we were what we were going to get into to start the show is sort of the layer two of Timberwolves, and I let's pose this question. We are going to get to Roy Smalley here pretty soon, but um, Rami and I were kicking this around off microphone. Now that we've had a little bit of time, a couple days, to let the loss of D'Angelo Russell 
He died in my mind. That's may, how I think of it. May the idea of him being in Minnesota Jeez. rest in peace. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that, that, that is, that's clear now a couple days. Is there any consolation prize for you guys with the way the Wolves aggressively went about that whole process? Or is it still classic Wolves because of the results? See, Judd is making a face right now. Because I actually... We really should be screaming. Judd is making a face right now. Well, because I... And I can I'm, tell digesting, your I'm face. digesting the question. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that they got the meeting... <laughs> came back up. The fact that they were that aggressive, <laughs> and the fact that they knew exactly what they were targeting at the start of free agency, gives me hope that they're going to move on and do some big things, this front office. I, I think they laid some good ground. My answer would be multi-tiered, unfortunately. I'm sorry, but it just is. It It is... It's funny because it's same old Wolves as far as the end result this time, but that doesn't mean that I don't believe that this new administration is not on the right path and cannot tur- turn things around. And, you, you know, we don't know. In two years, it might be the greatest thing that this blew up. So my immediate feeling is, ugh, typical wolves. But do I think that, that Gerson Rosas and his people are typical wolves? I really don't. So, but for right now, it's just, I feel bad for lifelong, you know, wolves fans because it does seem like every time that you point to something and say, that really looks like it's good, it blows up. But I am in no way, shape, or form convinced that these guys are going to fail. And in fact, I like what they're doing. And my guess is, is from watching the Twins template, they will be successful. But right now, it just leaves this, oh my God, feeling, right? So here's, here's just to put this into perspective, this is why I disagree with you. Let's go back one year ago mm-hmm. when Tom Thibodeau was running the front office and setting the culture and mm-hmm. laying all the groundwork. It mm-hmm. was it was a Tom Thibodeau and, by extension, a Glenn Taylor uh, fingerprinted operation. You would just come off, prior to that, a terrible Andrew Wiggins contract. So let's, let's go like the year leading up into free agency last year. You, you bid against yourself. Instead of just making Andrew Wiggins a restricted free agent, you bid against yourself for a player that nobody was going to max out at $30 million a year. Look me in the eye and promise me you're going to work hard for $157 million in guaranteed money for eight generations of family. And and so they botched that. On the eve of free agency last year, Tom Thibodeau tripped over himself, earmuffs Rami, to sign Derek Bleeping Rose. Like, let's clear the decks. Everybody in a room on a conference call with Derek Rose's agent so we can get the Derrick Rose final piece to the Timber Bulls puzzle. Let's make sure we get Derrick Rose. Even Tom Thibodeau gets it right sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turn his mic off. Why did Thibodeau Silence just become right Vince McMahon there? You're fired. <laughs> you're Vince McMahon. Genius. <laughs> yeah. You're fired. You would have been great if you had been he Vince McMahon. He might actually McMahon. do well if it was Vince They'd McMahon. They'd be winning Larry O'Brien. LB Trophy, sorry. All the while, all the while, for three months last summer, your franchise player, Carl Anthony Towns, and your beloved Jimmy Butler are on non-speaking terms. It's cancerous. Carl Anthony Towns is ready to be done with the franchise, even though you're like lining up to sign into a max contract. Jimmy Butler has already told you he wants to bolt. You ignored it for four months while tripping over yourself to sign Derrick Rose after signing Andrew Wiggins to a ridiculous contract. That is dysfunction at its peak level. Mm-hmm. This year, the Timberwolves did everything they could to cater to Carl Anthony Towns to make him feel empowered like he is the player that he's going to sure. be for the next five years, one of the best in the NBA. Sure. And they put a bunch of chips on D'Angelo Russell, getting a meeting with him. 
Yes, they whiffed in the end. But just quickly. But they had a vision, and they executed, okay. and then they just missed. Just quickly, I agree with all, all that, but there's a couple caveats here to keep in mind. Two years ago, we were all super excited. Jimmy Butler is coming to the Wolves. The plan is working perfectly. And I jumped on that big time. I'm like, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was wrong there. Mm-hmm. Tibbs was wrong as well. Uh, and I said, I said, for the immediate feeling, this just feels like typical Wolves. Do I think that these people are? No. I think it's go- I think ultimately it's going to be different. But it's just a reminder, again, of how much work it takes for, for this team and franchise to get things right, even when they do everything to try and get it right, it feels like it goes wrong. And I can't, I can't blame fans who today feel that that way. It might not be true for a long period of time, but right now it feels. That I way. just like that this is a regime that thinks big. They 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 don't set their sights on small things. The first thing Garrison Rosas did when he had the opportunity to was go get a star player on a max contract who is highly sought after in the free agent market. So they think big. They're aggressive. And all indications are they're very, very creative because indications are they had somebody out there willing to take Andrew Wiggins off their hands. That in itself tells me almost all I need to know about Garrison Rosas and the trader that he is, the salesman that he is, the fact that he got somebody sold on Andrew Wiggins and to take that contractor, at least the majority of it, off your hands tells me that this guy is a wizard, and he's going to think big, he's going to be aggressive, he's going to be creative, and it's going to work eventually. Now, will it work in the sense of a championship? That we don't know. A lot of pieces have to fall in place for that to happen. But as far as going out and improving this roster and adding pieces around Carl Anthony Towns, the fact that he could get D'Angelo Russell interested in Minnesota and at the same time have a deal in place to get rid of Andrew Wiggins is amazing. And the only reason that it didn't happen is because the, 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 the organization of this decade swooped in and made a better offer and was a more attractive place to play for D'Angelo Russell than what you had here. There was nothing Garrison Rosas at that point could do to outbid or outmaneuver the Golden State Warriors. That's the only reason that this didn't happen. And that was the only way that this wasn't going to happen if the class of the NBA swooped in and stopped it from happening. And it's it, and it's not reckless aggressiveness where they're going out and they're looking to overpay a B-level player, right? I mean, it, it was very calculated. And the fact that they were even like 85 or 90% of the way there on getting a second franchise player and getting rid of one of the... Let's face it, when you when you account for Wiggins' productivity and efficiency, or lack thereof, in his contract, one of the least valuable assets in the NBA, and you almost swapped one for the other... Like I give him credit for that, but it's great. You right. get, it's until, a moral victory uh, until but... it works. Exactly right. That's the key thing. If if he can, if in a month or a year he does this, awesome. That's great. But we have to wait and see. And and the one thing that he learned and will continue to learn is that with this franchise, nothing comes simply. Yeah. And I don't know why, but it's the way things have, have been. And. A lot of their problems have been self-induced, self-inflicted, and, and are their fault. But there also have been things with this team where weird stuff happens, and you just say, this is the price of trying to work for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And that's that's part of what I'm saying about this whole thing, is that this wasn't self-inflicted. The only way that this didn't happen was for the Warriors of all team to swoop in and steal this guy away from you. There aren't that many teams 
as far as this particular free agency period and this free agency class that could have outdone the Wolves in in the pursuit of D'Angelo Russell. How many times could you say that? That the only team that was going to outdo you in the pursuit of a big free agent was the Warriors, the class of this league for a decade. If Cat had only been closer to D'Angelo, it all would have worked. That's the problem. I blame Cat. One, Dude, you, one more one more dinner between the two of them and the deal would have been done. Okay, when he posted, did you guys see that thing he posted on his Instagram story? Downloading. The deloading de- yes. is uh is is D'Angelo Russell's like social media yeah. stuff. Yeah. When he posted that to his Instagram story, I think he thought it was a done deal. Oh, I think, he did I think too. so. Yeah. That's causing us to all think it was a done deal. Yeah. I need to know how sad he is in the last couple of days. He's probably pretty sad. Because now he's gotta go back to Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> hey Wiggy, what's up? Man. Just a second, man. I'm playing a video game right now. <laughs> you want to go shoot some baskets? No, man. I'm playing NBA 2K. Only mid-rangers. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Mackie and Judd with, with mid-range jump shots. Now, Johnny Krasinski from The Athletic, very plugged in, Top Wolves insider, he tweeted this. He was discussing some stuff with some Wolves bloggers, Candace Hoopas, earlier today. Yep. And he said, I'll just say that all of this, like the the fact that there's reports that the Warriors might still trade D'Angelo and that the Wolves took back like Shabazz Napier and like all of this seems kind of weird. And Johnny K says, I'll just say that all of this smells fishy right now. I saw these quote. It looked like they were excerpts from an article. Do you know what article? this No. Was? Okay. He, this is his own thought. He's just tweeting about it, I think. Yep. He said, I'll just say that all of this smells fishy right now. Not like they're messing things up. More like something isn't adding up. We'll see how the dust settles. So what he's saying is there's they're definitely trying to do something behind the scenes that doesn't add up publicly yet. Is, is this to imply that is he saying the Warriors or the Wolves? No, he's saying the Wolves. He's saying the Wolves are. But he's like... Is he's, saying this, the, he's saying the Wolves are still going to get D'Angelo Russell. I is think, this I think like that's what he's saying. In a year they could they could trade for him? I was trying to... I saw the same tweet as well, and I was trying to... Do the math on what that might mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, like let's let's just fast forward a year from now. Is there any way the Warriors would stick with Clay Thompson back and healthy under a max contract? Steph Curry max contract. And Clay's out for Russell. Probably March. Okay. Yeah. So basically, a season. He'll be back for a month lead up until the playoffs. Okay. And if they can, if so the Warriors makes sense are in the race, this. it makes sense to do it so that you're in the hunt all season. Absolutely. But to find, I mean, Clay is going to have to be your. You're small forward. You're gonna. I mean, and they've run small lineups before in yeah. Golden State, but they just, but they just, uh, Bell signed with the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. So Draymond's a year older. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe there's still a chance because hey, none very, of this is official till Friday. Very ominous wording by John Krasinski. It was in those tweets, and he's very calculated. He's not the type of guy that's just gonna like tweet something. Right. It's it's always yeah, no, rooted in fact. He knows something. It's never reckless. Unlike the show. What are you I didn't, about? I didn't know what to make of it. I didn't. I didn't add it up the way that you did. That he's saying that things aren't adding up as far as what we see, but there's yeah. something behind the scenes that they're working on. That's that. That was my interpretation. There's of it. a piece to the puzzle that he can't quite dig right now, but is out there. The way I interpreted it was that the wolves uh, were blindsided by oh, either no. the, by either the Warriors or D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> well, that might be true too. But I saw, I took that as there's something that the wolves have in their back pocket that they know that they're not talking about. Yeah. How about that for reckless speculation? That's aggressive. That's very aggressive. That's what I think is going on That's here. really aggressive. Hey, you know what? If you have a plan, I like it.
reckless speculation. If your team has a plan, <laughs> I like it. I uh, like plan. Twins, plan. Hey, Wolves, potential plan. Quick shout out. I've, uh, I, I see a bunch of people have registered for the Score North mobile app today, which is awesome. It's free to download via Apple and Google if you've got either one of those types of devices. Anthony L., Zach J., Mike T., Mike V., Mike M., all the mics. Mike V.? All of the mics have registered for the Score North mobile app today. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, Mike Vick, is that? Mike Vick? Michael Vick? Or Michael Vick? It's not either one of those guys, but uh, we appreciate it. It's the plural of Mike. Mike's? Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to research. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can find all of our live, on demand, and written content and push notifications sent to you when breaking news happens or there's fun things to speculate about. The Score North mobile app. And uh, if you're registered too, you're going to get possibly uh, some information coming up soon about a Score North twin show taping that we're going to hold. Later on this month, details to come. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the aforementioned Score North mobile app. Roy Smalley will join us next to talk about Miguel Sano. Is he for real after these mechanics changes? Join me and Dan Terhar for our coverage of Minnesota United and San Jose tomorrow, beginning at 6.30 p.m. with pregame from Allianz Field. Catch all the action right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com. And the Score North mobile app. Roy Smalley is brought to you by Doug's Power Equipment in Blaine. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. And joining us now, as he does every Tuesday right around this time, former twin, now part of the Fox Sports North broadcast of First Place Twins Baseball. Pleasure to welcome in Roy Smalley. Roy, how are you this afternoon, sir? I'm great. Uh, and happy Fourth uh, of July to you and uh, and all the folks out there. Yeah, four day weekend coming up. We're all very much looking forward to it, and uh, plenty of baseball. And then it'll be All Star Week, and uh, even longer weekend for Max Kepler. It'll be great. That's right. That's right. Because he won't be playing. Yeah, baseball. Let's get to it with Roy. Okay. That's what I was just about to ask you, Roy. Which is two All Stars for a team with over fifty wins at the halfway point. How does this make any sense, sir? Well, it doesn't. It's a travesty. There's no question about it. And there's so many ways you can look at it uh, to make a, you know, a pretty compelling case that it is, in fact, a, a travesty. The excuse we always heard when one team got six guys on the All-Star team or so, well, they're in first place. First place. They've just been uh, killing everybody else, and so they have these guys. They deserve to be there. Well, that's the case with the Twins as well. And I just, uh, I'm not a... I'm not a victim uh, guy. I'm not a Minnesota victim guy. I, I think it's, uh, for example, I don't think the Vikings are losers. I think going to four Super Bowls is fantastic. I'm, you know, I'm proud of that. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't take this victimhood stuff. But I got to tell you, they, um, the, the Twins got snubbed. There's no question about it. They got screwed, Roy. They flat out got screwed. So yeah, they did. Here's my so. I'm not offended as as a person who observes the Twins. I'm offended as a baseball fan. And I've watched this team right. all year long and and you see, you know, so many players have had great years and some surprising years. But what gets me is this, and this is my frustration with this format, with the All-Star Game. And by the way, I do think that this is the only All-Star Game worth playing. Every other sport could get rid of their All-Star Game and I wouldn't care. But where I'm offended is, is the fact that this could so easily be fixed 
2019, number one, you do not need every team represented. You don't. And two is, I don't understand why the player vote exists. Players are worried about their own team and themselves. So if we're going to do this right after the fan vote, Roy, let's do it right and get a committee of people that are continually watching games nationally. Because if I play for the Reds, do you think I really care about what's going on in Milwaukee? No, you're you're absolutely right. I could make a case for every team being represented. I don't like it. There's always people deserving people that don't go because of that, and so it's that's rotten. But I understand the concept of this is this is baseball's game as a whole, and every team being rep, should be represented somehow. I mean, I I, I kind of get making a, a, a bit of a case uh, for that, but the. The fact that uh, Barrios and Kepler and Rosario weren't chosen by the players and then with the backup being the commissioner's office is a joke uh, to me. And uh, whatever it takes to change that should be changed. And not just because of the equity, uh, you know, the fairness uh, uh, of the deserving players going, but to your point, the All-Star game, game is a great spectacle. It is played uh, meaningfully by two teams that want to win, players that love being there and feel it's an honor to be there. And when you get a guy like Rosario or Kepler who have the best numbers for the first half of the season, then I would make the case that fans want to see those guys, not just the guys that have perennially – uh, been there, and I think Mookie Betts, for example, is a wonderful uh, player, and he may end up being at, in on all-star teams that are voted at the end of the season by various publications. But Kepler and Rosario are having better years, and so I'd like to see not just because I'm a Twins fan, because I'm a baseball fan. I'd like to see Max Kepler and Eddie Rosario, and any Max Kepler and Eddie Rosario on any other team that deserve to be there rather than guys that um, are are the names and uh, or sentimental favorites for you know one reason or another and that's where I think the I think you're right Judd about the players not really getting it uh, and to the commissioner's office really swinging and missing uh, on uh, not stepping in and saying hey wait a minute um, how about uh, how about these guys He's Roy Smalley, World Series champion, Fox Sports North analyst. And uh, over the weekend, or earlier this week, you did a good breakdown on TV about Miguel Sano and his power resurgence, taking the ball out of the ballpark to center field to right field. So I, I want to ask you this. If if I could make a comparison right now, I don't, I don't think he's quite, he hasn't gotten to this point defensively yet, but with the strikeout numbers and the home run numbers and everything else, the low batting averages, I think he is, if he were to stay healthy for a full season, I think he's right-handed Adam Dunn. I mean, that's kind of what Adam Dunn struck out all the time. He was a left-handed hitter, hit a bunch of home runs. He hit 40 home runs every year because he played 160 games every single year. So he's less durable Adam Dunn, in my opinion right now, who hits right-handed, but you can put him at third base. You couldn't put Adam Dunn at third base, so there's a difference defensively. If that's the case with him, are you okay with that? Or is there more? There's so much more with this kid. I, I hope that he doesn't want to be Adam Dunn. He has been swinging uh, the last 
two years. Uh, obviously, last year injury uh, in, in, dogged by injuries, but he his his feeling, his whole sense is to hit the ball 600 feet to left field, and uh, and he's got a, a big, long, swooping, you know, looping swing, as I explained in the breakdown that we did at Fox Sports North on a pregame show. Saturday and and then showed what James Rouse and Rudy Hernandez are trying to get him do, to do in terms of um, shortening that up a little bit and he will never have a short compact swing he's always going to be a little bit long and a little bit from low to high but he's gone from having no chance to now having a chance and if, if the next just because his He's starting to get where his hands have to go to to get the big end of the bat to the ball, and I was really encouraged. I mean, it's remarkable talent that in the midseason can do something he's never done before in his life, work on it for 10 days or two weeks, and start getting the results that he got. That's remarkable talent and and strength. Uh, So I think he gets it, and I think he likes it. Now, the next thing for him – will be just to move his contact point in his mind close back over the plate just a little bit. And with the, the newfound hitting mechanics, if he does that and is not so interested in having to hit, hit the ball way out in front of him so that it goes to left field. And that's why I was so pleased with that home run to right center that went 400 feet, a 97-mile-an-hour fastball out over the plate and hit it 400 feet to, to right center. If that doesn't bury in his mind – what he's capable of doing and why he doesn't have to look stupid swinging at sliders in the dirt because he's he's trying to get the bat head out in front to hit the left field, nothing will. And and I, I'm I'm very encouraged. I mean it's it's baby steps. It's like Jim James Rousen told me. That, you know when I I saw him uh, working with with Sano and it looked really good. And I said to him, Wow, that that's a hundred percent better. And he said, Well, step one. You know we're <laughs> We're we're moving in that direction, but then after that, he hit three home runs in two days, and so yeah, I would say he's moving in the right direction. Right? Why do you, do you think it took so long uh, for this adjustment to be made? And, and now that it's being made during the course of the season, how difficult is this going to be to do on a nightly basis against big league pitching, as opposed to going to Triple A and trying to hone it there? You know, I would have said go to AAA and hone it there until I saw him do what he did. And and so I, I think that uh, it's it's going to be difficult. Uh, it's To make a mechanics change like that is going to, at the big league level midseason is, is going to be difficult. There's no, there's no question about that. But it's better having him here than down there and whoever it would be that would be on the roster instead of instead of him, I think. And so I, I think that um, I, I think that's the right thing for him just to just to go through whatever struggles. And it will be there will be some 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 struggles. But I but I I, I he'll backslide a little bit and then they'll need another refresher course. And I just think it's important to to, to do that. Now to your first question, why not until now? It's hard for a young guy who's had tremendous success everywhere he's gone and has just overpowered everybody to uh, get to the big leagues and have someone say, um, son, you can't hit that way. And uh, he had some success early in his big league career, which reinforced the fact that the way he did it was going to be fine. But what happens ultimately is big league pitchers find your – we find Boyd 
uh, hit poor hitting mechanics, and he had to hit 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 bottom. He had to he had to be shown by the, his hitting coaches that, and to their credit, you know James Rouse I I love his approach because he he lets guys figure it out. He has to show them so that they see it themselves. He doesn't browbeat them saying you got to change. He says, okay, it's not working. What do you think you have to do? And they kind of get to it together, and that's what's happened. That's what's happened here. Roy, you talked about Miguel Sano's otherworldly talent to even be able to make these types of adjustments at the big league level and see results so quickly. I think a lot of Twins fans have sort of, despite the the talent, lowered the bar as far as their expectations for Miguel Sano. Have you lowered the bar, or do you think he can still be a game-changing bat in the middle of a, a very good lineup? Well, I'll go back to what I said just a second ago. I would have started lowering the bar in my mind until I saw the batting practice session that he took uh, with uh, James Rousen on the field uh, and um, and then saw what he did in uh, those games in Chicago. And now, I mean, where my bar has always been very high with a big if, if he would just look like, try to do what Miguel, try to be Miguel Cabrera. I told him one time, I said, why don't you go home this winter and with, with three hours of Miguel Cabrera tapes and come to spring training being the next Miguel Cabrera because I think he has that kind of talent. And, and watch Jose Abreu in Chicago. Watch the way he hits using the whole field. And this guy, Sano, has more strength and as much talent as, as those guys. And I thought he would, you know, if he would just get there, then I was not going to lower the bar. Uh, it didn't look like he was going that direction. I was getting discouraged, as, as was everybody else. But I think there's some real hope now. I, I really do, and I'm not, I'm not ready to lower the bar yet. All right, Roy, what's the percentage chance the Twins win the World Series? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 19.5%. Uh, oh, yeah, no, you went, oh, went we down. went down. You wow. went down. Wow. Wow. wow, they lose two or three at the Chicago. And Here you're come off, the you're, Indians. And you're off the bandwagon. It's a major entirely. development. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just, I, I'm just trying to temper everybody's expectations. You know, I just... Making sure everybody just takes a step back and Alan just relaxes. Okay, when here's a question for you, and I know like your path in 1987 was just a, a different path. You guys, you guys were monsters in the postseason and and weren't playing at the 106 win pace that this team is. But you know when you start off as hot as the Twins did, and you know you got something early in the year, is it hard to keep your foot on the gas pedal? the entire time through the regular season. I mean, is that part of the reason why we've seen a little bit of a lull here, do you think? No, I don't think so. I think they'll have a foot on the gas uh, every game, uh, just like just like we did, to the best of, of their ability, uh, just like we, we try to do in, in 87. It's not a question of that. This little lull that we're seeing, I think, is almost a direct result of schedule and injuries. Right, and and when you get key guys out for a little while, so Nelson Cruz uh, is out for a bit, then he comes back and he's and he's not, you know, he's not uh, on fire until, and then finally he catches fire, uh, which is huge, by the way. But no Marwin Gonzalez, Eddie Rosario, losing your fourth hitter, uh, like a guy like Eddie Rosario is that's a big deal. Having Buxton not in the lineup with the way he was he was playing. That's a big deal, and I know you're supposed to, you know, everybody says the other guys have to step up, and, and that's true, and these guys have the ability, these other guys have the ability to step up, but it's not Cruz, Rosario, Buxton, Marwin Gonzalez 
kind of deal. And and they missed those guys. Crone and Scope went a little as, have have not been swinging the bat as well lately. And so these are the kind of streaks that that happen. And and I think uh, if they can just hold serve here through the All Star break, get everybody healthy, and uh, the the post All Star break Twins will uh, will have their foot on the gas again. Uh, I, I think pretty pretty regularly. All right, great stuff, Roy. Enjoy your Fourth of July weekend, and we will talk uh, officially in the second half of the season next time we see you. Yeah, that sounds great, guys. Have a great Fourth. All right, Roy Thanks, Smalley, Roy. World Series champion from Fox Sports North. Just real quick, just to go back to that, that was an amazing Miguel Sano breakdown. It really by him. was. Yeah, and he just. We've always loved. We've had Roy on for. I mean, you get you and Dubay had Roy on oh, yeah. six years ago, He's seven years ago. Fantastic on the uh, fundamental breakdowns of things, especially swings. I love how he can explain in layman's terms. Like you might watch games. Oh, Miguel Snow's hitting home runs again, and he's able to go on TV or on the radio mm-hmm. and say, "Okay, here for the layman who doesn't you know involve him or herself in hitting mechanics every day." But if if the Twins had a guy that was just He's hot right now, but let's say he's he's right-handed Adam Dunn, and he's not even as durable as Adam Dunn. What do you do with that? Do you sign that? Do you, no, tra- do you trade that? I I personally, if that if that's him, I, I hope that he has a really strong second half, and I probably try and trade it in the off season. Yes, yeah. because I've got power. Like if if I if I, I have a complete dearth of power, I might keep that. But if I can if I can get a good return because there's going to be a team again just like we always talk about that thinks oh wow if we get him we'll harness that talent and get way more and if you've determined and you're smart that that's not the case I probably try and trade it this winter I don't know I'm intrigued by the talent and I I know I haven't been dealing with the the frustration of Miguel Sano as much as most people around these parts but I'm still really intrigued by that talent and to hear Roy Smalley played in this league, to say that he watched that batting practice and regained hope for Miguel Sano and what he could be, that special type of game-changing bat in the middle of an order. I'm really intrigued by that because, yeah, you have a lot of power, but if this guy can be special, if you can unlock or tap into whatever it is that a lot of people who know a whole lot more about baseball than the three of us sitting in this room think has the potential to be special. I know, Judd, you, you know a lot of baseball. I took umbrage to that. <laughs> but, I mean, there's got to be something to that, isn't there? And do you just do you just let special talent go or trade special talent elsewhere because it's frustrating? Don't you, though? I, I go back to the question that I asked Roy, and Roy said it's difficult because... Miguel was always so successful for such a long period of time. Don't you question though why this took so long? Why he didn't embrace and go to go seek advice and counsel? See, those are like see that's that, what worries me. If I'm the me twins, too. that type of thing and and the lack of durability. I know that some of the stuff is freak injuries. You mm-hmm. follow the ball off your shin, et cetera. But when I'm looking to put a guy under contract long term in any sport. I need to know that you wake up every morning and you're the one thinking about dominating. Yeah. That you're gonna, you're going to get you don't need me to nudge you in a direction. And to this point in his career, everything has been a nudge. Hey, need you to lose some weight. Hey, need you to work on your defense. Hey, need you to mm-hmm. uh, work on your mechanics over here. It's it's always been other people kind of nudging him as opposed to him seeking that greatness on his own. And that's the thing that makes me nervous. He's super talented, but fortunately, I don't think they're going to trade him in the next month. So we're going to get to watch during a pennant race season right. when the stakes are high and there's a spotlight on him and he's going to face some of the best pitching in the world down the stretch in the postseason. 
we're going to get to see how he reacts the next four months or so, and then we can make even more of an educated decision than the Twins can this offseason. Was there a time, I'm just trying to track how much progress Miguel Sano has made, was there a time where, like you just said, Phil, it was all his people having to nudge him? Was there a time where he wasn't even receptive to the nudging and the advice that people were giving him? When they moved him to right field because they, they thought that that would yeah, cause him to come to spring training in great shape, and he he had as much interest in playing right field for the Twins as I would tonight. Yeah, there was a that was I'd bad. play right field for the Twins tonight. It, it was I a, know you would, I wouldn't in a heartbeat. It, it was a terrible decision by the Twins, but it also first and showed foremost, something. Yeah, like the Twins should never have put him in right field. But then, like if your organization puts you in right field, you probably don't want to walk to a ball into the corner during a yeah. regular season game, right? Like there was times where a ball would go into the corner and he's just like, call an Uber. <laughs> you know? I'm not gonna get there. So uh but that was awesome. Roy Smalley, weekly guest, and we're excited to have him down the stretch here throughout the next few months. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North and the Score North mobile app. And when we come back, Rami Maklov. He took our challenge, Judd Zolgad. I did. The Toy Story 3 Don't Cry Challenge. Took it head on. He live streamed mm-hmm. the last 15 minutes, not of the movie, but of himself watching the movie. Right. A movie that I've watched five times. I've cried all five times. All five? All five times. Really? Including once listening to the audio of the movie on this show and crying. Wow. Don't give away too much. Wow. We will see if Rami came uh, Jonathan, to tears. Jonathan, cue up that sound, please. I want to see these we'll do. Thank yeah. you. End of Toy Story 3. And uh, we'll see what happens. But let's talk about, well, I might need some insurance. <laughs> After uh, after that, if we're going to play that audio, I might need some insurance. But um, if you're a business owner out there, Federated Mutual Insurance Company is the place to go to not only get a great policy, but to get a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Federatedinsurance.com has all kinds of information about the industries that Federated helps protect and the legacy of Federated Insurance, which, by the way, is based in Owatonna, Minnesota, a local company. Um, and uh, insurance is a necessity for your business. You know that, but you want more than just the bare minimum. It's not something that you should. There's things that you probably shouldn't skimp on, and uh, you know, toilet paper is one of them. You know, don't get the sandpaper stuff. Don't get bad insurance. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here with face-to-face relationships, and like I said, over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Federatedinsurance.com to find your federated marketing rep. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North Download. This download brought to you by the 3M Open. Over the weekend, we got the first six players who will be participating in the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby. And only two of those were, only two of those six were taken in our Score North Home Run League. So clearly, we all drafted well. <laughs> also. <laughs> No twins, despite leading the league in home runs. You okay with that, Twins fans? Let us know at Score North on Twitter. Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, and the best of the PGA Tour are in action at the 3M Open July 2nd through the 7th at TPC Twin Cities. The 3M Open welcomes the Zach Brown Band to celebrate the inaugural PGA Tour tournament in Blaine. Go to 3MOpen.com to purchase tickets and for more information. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. You soulless, heartless... Yep. I'm not. Bleep. I'm not yeah. soulless not. or heartless. I'm 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 an emotional guy. I'm not I'm not a macho tough guy who feels a need to hold back tears. I think real men do cry. 
Uh, I just didn't. Toy Story three didn't really do it for me, guys. I swear. So I watched the just entire. Didn't do it. I watched your stream it was on a live Saturday. Watch along. There was like 500 people watching. Was there really? Saturday. Yeah. I, was trying to, I was trying to focus on the screen. The look on your face sort of creeped me out too. I got to be honest. That's at times. my face. Okay, it sort of creeped me out. <laughs> just my face. He sits across from you every day for yeah. the last six months, and now you're creepy. Yeah, I was out looking. I was staring though the whole time. Yeah, I saw what do you do staring. when you watch TV? It's very odd. What do you look at? So I was I was more probably distracted by the the questionable camera angle, which is the best I could do, man. The Rami Crotch right. challenge could hey. be the. <laughs> The next one, but you're welcome. <laughs> Judd and I welcome, were America. pretty convinced because you're because you've set this up before. Like you're mm-hmm. not you're not a machismo no, guy. No, you'll well up when it's sure. when it calls for it. Yeah, so I you're cried me. in Avengers Endgame. Yep, I cried when spoiler alert: Kylo Ren stabbed and killed his father Han Solo in the Star Wars franchise. I mean, oh, I haven't seen those movies yet, but thanks I've cried. Spoiler, cried. Make me cry. Are you going to see them? Cried Probably. at Rudy. I cry at Rudy almost every time I watch oh, it. Oh, man, when that music yep. hits. Dude, yep. the music. The every music time. is what gets you. Field of Dreams? Not me. Judd hates that movie. No, that's bunch a bad of, movie. Bunch of movies make me cry. So you're telling me, after the toys, Toy Story 3, just didn't do it. Spoilers coming here if you haven't seen Toy Story 3. I saw Toy Story 4 over the weekend. Outstanding. One of the best movie franchises of all time. I didn't even know it came out. It's it came out. Keanu Reeves plays an amazing, amazing uh, Canadian daredevil. But you didn't, you didn't cry, cry. I got a little welled up. Okay, but it was it wasn't like clutch a pillow Toy Story three. Okay, yep. So you're telling me mm-hmm. when Spoiler not only did the, the toys almost died themselves in the incinerator. By the way, that scene, the animation was was that. So were the characters animated in a real dumpster? Like the animation was so good, I couldn't tell where animation stopped and reality started. Yeah. I really couldn't. I That's swear. Right. But you're telling me yes when Andy. Mm-hmm. Who's been with these toys his whole life and as a franchise for 20 years. Right. You're telling me when Andy drops off the box of toys and Woody and Buzz uh-huh. with this little girl. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bonnie? Was and her name Bonnie? Dro- he drops his... I'm going away now. Okay. So I need someone oh really special Stop. to play with them. The music, dude. <laughs> oh, it's great. What is wrong with you people? You didn't cry during this. No. You no, watched this me. This is Jessie, the roughest, toughest cowgirl in the whole West. <sighs> She loves critters, but none more than her best pal, Bullseye. I got one in my right eye. I got a What's wrong with you guys? Oh my gosh! What's wrong with you guys? Oh my gosh! He is. He's welled up. You're both welled up. This is real. This is a real thing that's happening right now. This is amazing. I'm in a room with two crying men. Over Toy Story three. Hold on. The meanest, most terrifying dinosaur who ever lived. Rawr! Rawr! <laughs> the potato heads, Mr. and Mrs. He's giving up his childhood. Exactly. Because they're madly in love. Now, Slinky here is as loyal as any dog you could want. How long is oh, this? Oh, Slinky. But, like, they had a happy no, home. They for another three minutes. I don't think we should do the whole thing. Unless you want to really see Judd no. and yeah. right. But my point is, oh. you've never been, like... You've never had toys. Oh, I loved my toys growing up. I was devastated. One day, you know, I hadn't played with them in a while, kind of like Andy in the Toy Story movie. I'd grown up and gotten other interests or whatever the case might be. And I came home one day and my toys weren't where my toys are. 
My mom donated them all. She's just like, you don't play with them anymore. Somebody oh, no. donated them all. I had like all the He-Mans, oh, all the Transformers. Yeah. My dad pulled that out. All me. the Thundercats, the castles that you could buy along with the, the actual action figures that they all lived in. Dude, and played my, in. My, my dad gave away my Ghostbusters house. My Ghostbusters wow. house and the Why? Ghostbusters car. I had Castle Grayskull from the He-Man. Awesome. Just gone. Not gone. Just gone. I think I got the right part of this scene. Oh, God. You good got job, a promise to take good care of them. This is it. They mean a lot to me. Mm. Mm. My cowboy. Oh my god. Oh, he's showing us the video. <laughs> oh. What's he doing in there? You're the snake in my boot. What? There's a snake in my boot. There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> See? Can't keep it up? You 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 didn't no. well up no. during this. No. Nothing. I'm feeling nothing. Nothing. Right now, Woody. Heartless. He's been I just my don't. pal for as long as I can remember. He's giving away He's his childhood brave. toys. Like a cowboy should be. Okay. And kind and smart. But the thing that makes Woody special. Is he'll never give up on you. Ever. He'll be there for you. Okay, now I got that tears. Now I actually tears. Really is. Now I have tears. You're on the verge of crying. No, I'm not. I have, no, not on the verge. I'm crying. You're on the verge of a full-on cry, though. Right Look now, you're eyes. welling up. You're on the verge of a full-on cry. I have tears cry. coming out of my eyes. What's wrong with you? Nothing but no verge. The the other thing that I tear up with whenever I leave, whenever I move, I need Kleenex. And I'm standing in the empty apartment or now, house this I or feel. room. This I yeah. feel. I, I well that. up yes. every single time. I get that. I so anytime that. there's like a piece of my Past if you're that's, that's leaving, like a home, hmm. toys. I'm sure a my, disaster. my last move. I didn't. Uh, I didn't get the opportunity to do that because we literally got in the car and drove to Minneapolis right after <laughs> Cody Parkey did his thing with the double doink. <laughs> I didn't really care about moving or the fact that the house was empty at that point. To hang out with a couple clowns, yeah, exactly. Make fun of you for. Yep. Not crying during no, Toy Story I, 3. All I think it is, again, I'm in touch with my emotions. I don't mind a good cry. It actually feels good. It's therapeutic. I don't have the history with these movies and these characters that you guys do. Like I did with Avengers. Like I did with Star Wars. Those have been part of me since my childhood. Toy Story, I watched the first one. Don't think I ever saw the second one. Almost sure I didn't but see the third that, one but before But doesn't that. that scene remind you of divorcing yourself from what you had grown up? The no, Woody I didn't thing, have that moment. My I mom just, they were just gone the one day thing. when I came home from school. I heave cried right there. Yeah, oh, that's good. Like, it's, I, it's, I was literally, I had tears coming down my face. I'm with John, me too. I almost <laughs> cry sometimes when I think about how much those toys are worth now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That makes me you're cry. Heart, it's yeah. heartless. You're Can heartless somebody look right up, now. like, Ghostbusters house? Uh, I, I had a bunch of, I think I still have these in a backpack somewhere at my parents' house. All these '80s wrestling figurines too. The Hasbro I had all ones. those too. Yes, yeah, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I used to draw like blood up with markers on their faces. Oh, what did my mom do? <laughs> Anyways, now I'm about well, to cry. Well, Rami's an emotionless robot. I guess is what we're finding out here on some level, mm-hmm. maybe. So uh, let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for a brief moment. <sighs> you you cry? To... Did you cry when you traded in your car? Oh, about this for the new Rav Four. Honestly, is that the Ghostbusters thing? Yeah. yeah. How much is that going for on eBay? Uh, Eighty-six bucks. All right. Could have had a hundred bucks in mm-hmm. my pocket. Um, you know what though? You asked a question about do I cry when I get rid of cars? Yeah. 
when I said goodbye to my 1998 Camry, which was the car I drove through late high school and college, mm-hmm. when I traded that into Luther Brookdale Toyota, mm-hmm. and then the first real like adult car I had, like a newer car, a 2011 Camry, I had that for three years. I welled up when I said I said goodbye to that because it was like my first adult car. You know, it's a new car. But the folks at Luther Brookdale Toyota you really are overly sentimental, dude. I we're here to uh, guide me through my sad moments, <laughs> saying goodbye to those cars. They have a counselor on staff. <laughs> they might need one. And now I've said hello to a 2019 RAV4 XLE. Love it. Got the Scornorth mobile app on the Apple CarPlay screen. You can stop in, corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com.